What is up? We are live, everyone. It's, uh, it's been a day. I'm a little tired this morning, uh, or tonight. See, it just shows how fucking tired I am. My, uh, my seven-year-old decided to wake up about, I don't know, 14 times during the night. I'd lay there, like, paranoid that he's going to get back up again and couldn't go to sleep. So I've been up since, like, 4 o'clock this morning. So have another ten month old. See how that feels. Yeah, fucked. Yeah, mine. I've got a, I've got a seven year old, and then my youngest is going to turn four on Sunday. And I'm, I'm glad to be out of some of those, uh, some some of those baby problems. But man, even when they get older, it's just new. You replace some problems with new ones. But it does a uh, potty training. Once they're potty trained, then uh, you know it gets far easier as a parent. But. Uh, yeah, so I had to like go all flow rider and have a couple of Celsiuses like before <laughs> coming on. Now I've got I've even got vodka Celsius. So I don't know if that's gonna make things better or worse, but we're gonna figure it out. So but yeah. yeah so. And if you don't finish that drink before you go to sleep, you just get to finish it when he wakes up, right? Yeah, yeah. When he wakes up at two. Yeah. Wondering wanna know like why he's obsessed with um like time. Like he's very he's like very anxious to like get up and start his day, so uh, he has like a digital clock, and I guess it like kind of like fell over where we had it yesterday last night, so he couldn't see it. He's like, I don't know what time it is. Is it time to wake up? And I was like, What? And I looked at my phone. I was like, No, it's two in the morning. Like, no one's supposed to time. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, so, my oldest just got a uh, just got a watch on his wrist. So like about twelve times a day, he's like, Hey, is it two forty five? Yeah, it's just, it's it's just as correct as it was earlier. Yeah. Oh yeah, he'll do that in the car. Like, oh, it's two forty-four. Yeah, man. And then like, comes like, how all of a sudden is it now two forty-seven? Like, because you didn't, you weren't staring at the clock. Like, it goes quicker <laughs> when you're not staring at it, bro. So turns out that's how time works. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I just get him a watch, get him a cool G-Shock or something. It's like the size of his hand. You know. Yeah. Unfortunately, he has a uh, digital watch. I should I should have started him out with an analog watch. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't quite understand analog yet. He'll like look at our (laughs) clock in our bedroom and be like, "What time is?" I thought it was seven, but that shows it's like midnight. We're like, no, like little hands, big hands. (laughs) But yeah, man. So yeah, thanks for coming on, dude. Uh, Joined tonight by uh, Colby Davis, the owner of American Owned Apparel. What's going on, dude? Not a whole lot, man. Uh, Probably same as you. Kids all day. A little bit of work, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So. My oldest is in first grade, so that's a bit of a balancing act because, and I've said it on here before, like the first grade schedule um, is fucking weird, like, or like the elementary school, like I guess they don't think people work because it starts, his school starts at like <laughs> like 8.45 and then lets out at like 3.40, hmm. so like it's... Why? I, I don't know. Bougie. Like we're kind of on the bougie side of Des Moines, so I'm wondering mm-hmm. if just like they just figured like just like the, there's always like a parent that doesn't work or works from home or something. I don't know. It's a it was a bit of a, a balancing act, like I said. So luckily, my wife is somewhat self-employed, so she can just get her day started a little later and take him. And then I my employers were pretty cool with me just coming in a little bit earlier and leaving earlier to go pick him up, but. It definitely uh, doesn't make things easy. So, but yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, and then having a, a full-time gig, you know, doing the 50 hours in an office and then trying to run my own print shop on top of that is, uh, 
It's starting to get busy. I wanted the uh, I wanted to grow the print shop side of things this year, and I definitely problem, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not every day you get to talk to the competition. Yeah, nah, man. <laughs> There's one thing I have I know, uh, yeah. not to get too deep into like print nerd shit, but like that is one thing I do like about most of the screen printing community is that it's more of a community than it is competition kind of thing. One hundred percent. You know, you, you run into some people that are kind of dicks about it, and I get it. You know, I've I've reached out to a couple bigger, or I'd say probably medium sized print shops around town. Be like, hey, if there's just jobs like you don't have time for or too small, like let us know. And they're just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, man, like the auto guy. But yeah, mm. not to get too into weeds with that one, but yeah. So I guess give us a, a little bit of a background on uh, where you came from where you are now and how you uh how you started the the apparel business yeah so uh i grew up in western north carolina uh i was listening to some of your other episodes and we actually grew up very close to each other yeah i just west of Asheville. um you said something about people fucking their cousins down where you're at which was south of Asheville or south of hendersonville i think you said i'm from hendersonville so oh okay okay okay. so yeah they get somewhere between Asheville and hendersonville is where people start having to check their family trees before they start (laughs) i know yeah it's like there's a circle outside of Asheville, and if you get outside of that circle you really have to watch out you got to make sure the last names are far enough apart in the marriage (laughs) right yeah yeah i saw you're from like west Asheville. i was like oh damn so from from north carolina like from western north carolina screen printing occasional podcasting drinking bros i think we're just the same person from different universes (laughs) you know all right um so yeah i grew up out here um uh i was in law enforcement for just a little, little bit over seven years um I did some screen printing back in high school, um, like four. Um, and so I thought, I really thought about getting back into it, um, as a side gig while I was still a a cop. And, um, I actually had ordered some grunt style t-shirts and I, I looked up at the inside tag cause I was like, you know, these are kind of comfortable. You Mm -hmm. know, I looked at the inside tag. I was like, Nicaragua, the fuck is this? And so I was like, there's, I, there's no way that there's no, there's no way that I can't find something in the U S that, um, where I can get shirts from. And so just kind of started printing from there. Um, so I work exclusively with, uh, us based products. Um, and that's kind of my niche, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, which works out, you know, I work a lot with uh, a lot of veteran businesses, um, some law enforcement businesses, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Yeah. I do know. Yeah. Sourcing American made apparel that is, affordable and decent quality uh can be tricky i mean they're out they're definitely out there you know and uh yeah i'm sure some like the people in your space and your niche don't mind paying probably a little bit extra to have that you know i was about to say yeah sometimes sometimes i'll get i'll price myself out real quick and you know people come back with price quotes they got from somewhere else and it's like bro that's how much i pay for the shirt yeah like, <laughs> yeah so it's about it's roughly roughly three times the price of a uh, an imported shirt. So yeah, you know, I just if it's important to somebody, then it's really important. So yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. It is. yeah, definitely having that uh, made in the USA on the inside tag uh, gets a lot of people as opposed to label stuff that says uh, mm-hmm. you know like 
in small lettering for legal reasons, like product of, yeah, Nicaragua, Honduras, or whatever, and then put, like, printed in the USA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, some people some people don't really care about it, but like yeah. I said, the people, the people that do are definitely willing to pay a little bit more. And, I mean, I don't have a retail shop, so, I mean, I can still keep my prices fairly low, you know, mm -hmm. at least just a little bit above some of the other guys. Um and I also don't work with a, I don't, I don't have a minimum order. Right. So I try to work with small businesses, especially if they don't have shirts already. Um, I'm like, bro, if you want 10 shirts, I'll print you 10 shirts and I'll ship them to you, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that's cool. So I guess like from the beginning, you, you were in law enforcement. Were you like a, a police officer in the Carolinas there? Yeah, so I did uh, a little bit of correctional work before that for mm -hmm. about three years and then about five as a cop. Um, I worked for, I guess I can say it, I worked for Asheville PD. Um, very interesting, you know, we stayed we stayed very busy. Um, Asheville's a weird place. It's it's an interesting place, man. Um, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of shit, I told myself, like, what's the busiest place I can find around here that I can start out, you know, learn the job, um, get into as much shit as I possibly can legally and then right. um, just have fun with it. And it was fun for a long time, but just decided to get out. Yeah. Did, um, did you get out to start the screen printing stuff full time? Um, yeah. So I, I actually wrote polit some political articles on the side for a little while, but I could still do that from home, still stay home with the kids. Um, <laughs> that, that was okay. Um, I got really fucking tired of politics. I know that political person person to be now beliefs, but uh, it's turned into um, like an identity or like a character trait for people now, and it gets it gets old quick. I know people that that's like all they ever want to talk about, and I was like, how how is this the only thing you want to talk about? And typically, they're very angry people too. So oh, of course, I'm like your life would be a whole lot better if you just like stop worrying about things that in reality, like they had, they affect you, but uh, it's not, this, you don't need to get this worked up over a lot of this shit, man. Like yeah, most of, most, most of the time, the busier somebody is, the more they don't really care. You know, mm -hmm. it seems like they have to replace the, replace some sort of excitement in their life with uh, something. And then they choose politics and it goes downhill from there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Doom scroll. I know plenty of people that just like sit there doom scrolling on Facebook <laughs> All day, it's like, can you believe this? Can you believe this? Can you believe this? Like, no, well, yeah, crazy. Uh, anyways, like, have you seen like any good TV lately? It's like, well, <laughs> I don't watch Fox News anymore. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's like, have you been outside lately? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, maybe go, maybe go for a walk in minutes. You know, having to focus on it. Either like you did, get burnt out real quick. Mm -hmm. You know, or just become consumed by it and be, you know, a, become a kind of person most people probably don't want to hang out with after work, you know? Oh yeah. I so. mean, you, you kind of ostracize so many people from your life, even like reasonable human beings, if you are super one side or the other, and then you start to have no empathy and no understanding for how anybody else thinks. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've worked with plenty of people that were very one way and just despised anybody that didn't think the exact same way they did. And I was like, you're going to have a really hard time, like, making friends or just making it in life with that kind of attitude, you know. But it is what it is, man. So 
Yeah, so being a police officer in Asheville, I'm guessing what well, this is probably like, I don't know how old you are. I'm guessing you're somewhere around the same age as me. Like what, early 30s? 32. 32, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it would have been, uh, what, early 2000s when uh, before it got super crazy out there? Um, so I started in 2016 okay. after post-election 2016. Right. So it really wasn't that bad whenever I first started. Um, you know, you could you could pretty well go out and do whatever you wanted to, you know, pull over cars, whatever. Um, and it just slowly, it just kind of started turning. You know, you could you could feel it. Then um, people started getting getting in trouble for stupid shit. Like I, I say, stupid shit like wearing the wrong color gloves to search people, and they would get in trouble for it. Yeah, I know. Kind of, kind of fucking ridiculous. I wouldn't um, even, I wouldn't even know there is a right color <laughs> of glove to search me with. You know, yeah. Let alone I don't like, care. those aren't the searching gloves. It's like, what are you doing with those? You know. Yeah, I, I don't give a shit if it's purple, as long as I'm not going to get stuck by a fucking needle. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, like I said, you could just, you could just feel it kind of shifting a little bit. Um. Then we had it. We had an officer get charged with assault, and, um, that really started to kind of turn things uh he got he got found not guilty and then i just decided to get out it's like it's not it's not worth the legal trouble you know mm -hmm. i mean getting shot at or whatever that's that was never really my huge concern it was more it was more am i going to get put in jail for something i didn't do right um and then especially like the pandemic type shit like that really frustrated me um so many fucking calls like even the people we would get calls about people not wearing masks and they said you know specifically they were like well they said they had a medical exemption it's like okay do you want to get sued because right. i mean i can't ask them what their medical exemption is you know right. you can't either because and if you don't let them in your story you're also discriminating so you're going to get sued if you keep doing this i'm not going to help you here you may have called but <laughs> i'm not on your side on this one right. i'm sorry but yeah. Um, so, some of that stuff got a little crazy. Yeah. And to give kind of people a backstory that don't really know, Asheville is, a, I guess, a medium-sized city. I don't really know the population of it, but it's an okay-sized city in western North Carolina. And since I can remember, so like high school days, it was kind of like touted as like the San Francisco of the mountains. Like it's very... Um, I don't want to, back then I want to say it was very liberal because that wasn't really a word that got tossed around a lot back then, but it was very that way. It's very what you would think a, a large West coast city would be like, you know, there's a, um, a lot of liberal policies, a lot of, uh, you know, artsy thinking people that live there. Um, very beautiful city and cool, but there was, it has been, you know, it's kind of that way to put that in perspective with people that, uh, in a, a state that runs fairly reddish for the most part, it's uh, kind of a, a big bright blue dot right on the west side of it. You know? Yeah, I mean, even even a lot of the county does, um, and especially as soon as you leave the county, it's it's pretty it's pretty red as well. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, once you get out of what's that? It's Buncombe County, right? Is that what Asheville is? Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, then you're yeah, I mean, this this is the area where Madison Cawthorn won this area. So, I mean, <laughs> if that tells you anything about the area versus the city. So, right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. My friend, I had a friend that like loved him for some reason, but I didn't know anything about him other than he was like young and in a wheelchair. 
And then turns out there's some crazy shit about him, I guess. I don't know. Once again, I hardly pay attention to anything. Like, whatever right. they happen to bring up occasionally on Drinking Bros, like, I'll hear. But even then, like, politi- like I'm so kind of just outside of political stuff that, like, even when they start talking about it, I kind of tune out, you know, a bit and just wait for somebody to start laughing about something. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, because once you get out of Asheville, I mean, you talk about, like, get into like Madison County then you're talking about again like uh exactly what you'd think would be living in the mountains of North Carolina you know absolutely so yeah but yeah so and we used to like call my brother went to school at UNC Asheville like in the early 2000s and uh I'd go hang out with him and be like there's some kid like in a North Face sleeping bag and an (laughs) iPhone and a Mac like sleeping on a bench like a like a bus stop bench he's like yeah and it's just like the trust fund homeless they called him then it was like oh god yeah it was like it was like, just cool would, like it was just cool yeah. to be like this kind of bohemian i guess that's the word for it back then anyways like this bohemian city where like people just did kind of weird shit like that and then you also have like warren wilson college which is essentially mm-hmm. like a communist <laughs> community um yeah yeah it's technically another city oh okay um, but yeah no the trust the fucking trust fund homeless that's a real thing because we i mean we would we run into so many people that you know you would try to figure out where they stay obviously but you know it's like where do you, where did you come from oh like maine and oh your family lives up there okay and so you don't want to live with your family you'd rather foam at the mouth in the in the trees in the middle of i-40 right here like that's the better option Okay, just uh, you're either going to the hospital or going to jail because you're obviously not well. So right. you can make that decision for yourself. But would literally, they would for a lot of times they're like, "Oh, you're like what people are doing in Asheville? Like you just like go live the free life out on the streets yeah. and like you know they let you do that." You're like, uh, yeah, I can't remember like how many times like you'd be at uh, was it Belshare downtown and there'd be like guys in their 20s like dreadlocks again like yeah they panhandling they but talking on an iphone while they're like panhandling for money and then like right. you wouldn't give them money and they just start calling you like like a piece of shit or something it's like i'm just trying to live i was like well then like even when i was like 16 walking around i was like well then go get a job man like this isn't a complicated <laughs> way of life here right they don't even do bell share anymore which is i mean it's probably a good thing but I mean, it it was still kind of fun when it, while it lasted. Um, I did I did when it, back when I was pretty young. I did give one homeless guy uh, money. He had a sign and it says "Need money for weed." I was yeah. like, "Okay, here's ten dollars, and I appreciate you being honest with me." Yeah, That's, you know, you're obviously not a veteran because you're like 17 years old, but you know, right. go but go get you some weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as you're being honest, like you know, you see ones like yeah, it's for beer. You know, I was like, okay, yeah, I've done that. And done that in the past too. It's like here's a couple beers, bro. Oh yeah. What, what's really insulting though is uh, I was leaving. It was one of the last times I was in Asheville. Me and my wife were leaving uh, Tupelo Honey, which is kind of a, a nice breakfast spot kind of thing. And I had like a bunch of like leftover food from our breakfast, and went to go give it to a guy. He's like, he's like, oh, like, can you give me some money for food? I was like, well, here's a shit ton of food, man. <laughs> but he's like, oh, uh, well, what is it? And I was like. What do you mean? What is it? Like it's food, but it's like biscuits and gravy. He's like, oh no, thanks. I'm like, okay, like having a good day then, you know. But um, does like law enforcement 
down the south. He does like he's a homicide detective. But mm-hmm. um he was saying the last few years Asheville has gotten really bad with like heroin and drug related crimes. I don't know if you know. Oh yeah. I mean it's like the it's like the third order effect. I mean that's I mean people talk about the war on drugs, all of that stuff, and like I, I get it, you know should you be able to do what you want to probably but you know the the main reason that we would do it is just because of the fucking violence man like you get into a neighborhood and you got three people hit with stray bullets because somebody's selling weed it's like you can either you can either show up to this i mean it, it similar to alcohol in my opinion but at the same time you know then you get then you get meth heads and heroin addicts that'll go rob people's houses and shit like that i mean so it it has it definitely was got got to be really bad and i mean it's still bad i mean especially with a lowered police force i think they've had like i mean it's not a huge department i think they had like 200 whenever i was there 225 sworn employees uh and then i think they had like 70 people leave well i mean, so I mean it's a pretty considerable amount yeah, that's a uh, decent percentage of your police force so yeah and then i mean you got the it's not even that too. It's just like even when even on the overdose calls or the drug calls, you know, you got somebody that's crazy, violent, wanting to fight everybody, and you know, you don't have any police there. All you have is the fire department, and they can't really do much. So, right. it's an unfortunate situation, but it's definitely not lo- just central to Asheville. That's just nationwide. Yeah, yeah. So you said like, what did you say? It was two hundred something police officers? I think it was like two hundred twenty-five, something okay. like that. And, I mean, Asheville's uh, as of. 2021 was around 95,000 people in the city. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty small police force for, I guess, that size of population. But I don't recall until probably recently, as I can, what I'm guessing is probably like they're now uh, being like a, 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 a crime being a worrisome thing there, you know, or major crime, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean that's a big hit in the police force. And but I, when he told me that, I kind of wasn't shocked because when I left, uh, I moved out here in 2012, and it, it was really some of the like city policies and stuff that they were doing was very obviously trying to mirror places like Portland and Seattle, um, mm-hmm. San Francisco. Um, so yeah, like you start letting, you start trying to be. Well, I guess again, I don't like saying the word, but like liberal or tolerant, tolerant of that kind of stuff. That's a good word for it. Like, oh, like you know, it's not his problem. He's addicted to heroin. We need to nurture that. You know, like right. you start. He, like I was like, yeah, I could see it turning into just like those cities. I mean, for a while, Starbucks in like Portland was putting uh, like needle receptacles in their facilities. Are you yeah. talking about where they can where they, they can go in? They'll test the drugs for you, and then uh, no, there was um, I think there was like a lot of the Starbucks. I, they've since ended the policy, I believe, but kind of I don't know, 2016, 2018, somewhere around there. Um, they corporate Starbucks made like an announcement that they were going to have these like their stores be like drug use for or safe zones. Oh, you so, said Starbucks. I missed that part. Yeah, so they'd, uh, <laughs> like, in the bathrooms in these Starbucks, they would have, like, clean needles provided and, uh, like, uh, you know, the needle drop boxes. And if you wanted to go in there and, like, <laughs> use it, like, well, hey, clean needles. And then 
lo and behold, a couple of years later, they're kind of like, yeah, we're uh, going to stop this policy because of uh, it's created unsafe environments inside our stores. I was like, yeah, you think? Like, yeah, no shit. Dunkin' Donuts could have really capitalized on that and just started handing out constitutions to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Duncan's or Duncan's is from Boston, so they probably do something fucking yeah, real crazy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I mean, back to what you said. I mean, you 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 have to have you have to put accountability where it's at. I mean, you can't just say, "Oh, he's just trying heroin." You right. Know, it, you, not many people just try it for the first time, and I mean, not certainly not over the course of months and years. Right. But it 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 largely is is the fault of the user, and if you can't if you can't actually put the blame where it should be, I mean, obviously there's certain situations that people get hooked on pills because doctors like to prescribe it so fucking often. Yeah. And so- then, but then whenever I, I had a, I had a tooth problem and I went into the ER cause the dentist wouldn't give me any pain pills until I could actually get a procedure done. And I went in there and I was like, Hey, look, you know, I even told him, I was like, look, I'm, I'm a, I'm a cop. I'm not, not like here pill chasing, but my mouth fucking hurts. Can you prescribe me something until I can get this taken care of? They're like, well, we can give you a, we can prescribe you a 24 hour, our dose of it. I was like, well, how do these people get fucking 90 day prescriptions of uh, Oxy out here? Because I see it all the fucking time. Yeah. And, but you're going to give me 24, 24 hour prescription for it? It seems kind of fucked up to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was like high school years. That was kind of when the pill shit really started. I have, I remember being in high school with a bunch of friends be like, oh, like, you tried to, I mean, I had a pretty major surgery when I was 15. I had my like whole chest reconstructed. Um, mm-hmm. But so they gave me, like a 15 year old, they're giving me Oxycontin, <laughs> which when like all your ribs are broken and shit, like you kind of need it. it. It sucked. Oh, yeah. um, luckily for me, like, like I had friends, you know, that were talking about like, oh man, you should like take that and play fucking Xbox. It's fucking crazy. So I was like one day, like I didn't need one, but I was just like, okay, I'm going to try this. Like, no sooner had I swallowed it, like, I'm in the bathroom puking my guts out. Like, it just upset Uh, my stomach. And when you're, like, violently throwing up, recovering from having most of your ribs broken and reset, it's not a fun experience. So, like, after that, I was kind (laughs) of like, man, fuck this. Um, But, like I said, since then, I mean, it was, by the time I, that was my freshman year. By the time I graduated high school, like, most of the people I was hanging out with couple years before that i didn't really hang out with because all they would do is just like sit in a basement and like crush up pills and snort them or like we're in jail for robbing people like trying to get money for pills and then i mean to this day i think i've probably had three or four friends die of overdoses from pills uh the latest one being fentanyl which was crazy but uh i think he uh i think he well sorry they think he bought thought he was buying oxycotton but it was just pressed fentanyl because mm. like the way they found him like they said like he maybe had about 30 seconds between like oh shit something's wrong and then just like die like he was on he like tried to get they think he was trying to get some water from his sink because they like found him just like slumped over in his sink so mm. but yeah i mean it's the pill thing i think is uh I mean, it's probably still a problem. You don't really have issue from history. Just had doctors, like, writing scripts for all this shit for years, and now they're trying to take it back, and it's a little too late to put the lid on the jar, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, fucking yeah. crazy. But, yeah, so being a cop in Asheville, do you have any, like, just funny stories or, like, wild shit? Um, 
I mean, there's there. Yeah, I mean, there's some funny stories. Um, so it, it, that that girl I was talking about earlier. Um, my I had a, I had a buddy. He he always got into animal calls for some reason. Was so pain and like whatever, but he was on the call with me and uh we we thought she was gonna run from us and it was raining in the mud and so she took like three steps and like balled up on the ground and all i saw was him sliding on the mud on his back beside me and so i i was dying laughing and he was laughing and the the girl thought i was laughing at her but i was like no i'm not laughing at you you know he just (laughs) slid on his butt that's probably a milder story I would be comfortable sharing right. on a public podcast. Yeah, fair. I mean, it's it, it was fun. It was probably more funny at the time than it is now. Uh, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to really think and uh, talk myself through some of the stories before I share yeah. them. Yeah, maybe write a book. You know, maybe memoirs. write a book. Yeah. yeah, you know, but yeah. So you did that. You said you're you did that for a couple of years. I think you said like six years or police officer? Uh, about five. Five. Cool. And then um, obviously you kind of mentioned the the climate of being a police officer lately is probably what kind of made you look for a new option for a career, correct? Yeah. I mean, as much as the, uh, I sat there during the entire pandemic as well, and I watched everything that was happening to Greg Anderson out there in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know who that is, but... Um, it sounds familiar. He posted a video. It was it, he was in his uniform, but he covered up all of the stuff. And he made a video just talking about like stop going after moms and parks and putting them in jail because they're, you know, not adhering to the COVID policies. Mm-hmm. And his department ended up firing him. So I mean, you know, you just get to a certain point and you can't trust the court system. You can't really trust the departments. So it's probably time to get out. Right. Um, and I just made that decision. And, stuck to it i let my certification lapse which was because i mean i I didn't want to back up either you know right then it doesn't it doesn't help if you leave and then just fall right back into it so yeah oh yeah i mean kind of uh burn the boat right no right so they say (laughs) so the the screen printing stuff like did did you start like screen printing for other people first or was it more of how a lot of people do, how I got into it was, were you trying to start your own brand? And then you hear, I mean, people, we won't get in the weeds again with screen printing stuff because (laughs) screen printing are either in a band and want cool shirts for their band, or they are trying to start an apparel company and say, which is very doable if you know what you're doing, but it's also a very hard space to get into. I was about to say everybody has a has a shirt brand now, just like everybody has a coffee company. Yeah, you know, but so, very few people actually print their own shirts, and very few people roast their own coffee. Yeah. So every you can you can private label just about fucking anything nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I I mean I started printing for like a brand of mine, I guess. Um, I and cares that you do, so right. um, I transitioned pretty quickly into printing for other people. Um, started to upgrade my equipment because obviously, you know, the more you print, the the more you realize that the equipment you have is really shitty and you right. have to upgrade. Right. Um, so, I mean, I can print about six colors. I mean, obviously, depending on where they're at on the screen, I can go a little higher, but um, I even got that and assumed I was like, you know what, I'll get a six color screen printing press. I'll probably, I'll work on getting maybe three, three colors and work my way up to six, but 
no, that's not how it works. It, as soon as you get something, every six and seven colors. So, you know, it, it's good that they were, but, mm-hmm. um, you know. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's the, that's the story in screen printing. If you know somebody that does screen printing, odds are they started out wanting to do something else and then said, man, t-shirts, like, I wonder what it takes to just make my own. And then you get into screen mm-hmm. printing. And then, like you said, as soon as you get the equipment, people are like, oh, like, you do that? Like, you got to do that? Like, can I order shirts from you? And you do this? And you realize, like, this is a way easier business model than trying to start a, a fashion brand online now, you know? Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. But, yeah. And, that, I mean, I don't even do a lot of local stuff. You know, most of most of the stuff comes from, like, Instagram, stuff like that. Yep. So. Oh, yeah. That's where I've been kind of pushing my stuff. This yeah. year, like, I started making a more of a focus on social media, and that's kind of been the big difference, you know, because I don't mean some local stuff, but uh, yeah, most of it's just been people online, a lot of stuff through the Drinking Bros community. Um, and then also, uh, I guess I do a little bit, most of my local stuff is like I'm in, I go to an MMA gym, and like fighters oh, yeah. all love to sell their own shirts. So, you know, I cut them breaks and I get, you know, don't get charged as much to go to the MMA gym. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's cool. So, is that a was it was it a little bit of a scary jump to make that into a full time thing? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Um, it wasn't as it wasn't as awful as I thought it was going to be. Um, it was pretty. It was comfortable because I mean, it, it's definitely a job switch staying home every day versus you know what I was doing before, but. Um, it was nice. Um, I mean, there's a lot of challenging things too. I was yeah. glad to do it at the same time. Yeah. Well, like when you started, did you, was the focus to be like solely printing on American made apparel? Oh yeah. Yeah. From the very beginning, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I think I've only done one order for somebody else that was not, but they actually went and bought shirts because they had such a short time frame. Oh, yeah. I think, I think they wanted them done in like three days and it would, and, You'll understand this, but it was football shirts with a different name and a different number on the back of the shirt. So when they <laughs> screen printing, you know, you, you isn't fun. Yeah, I would imagine not. There's a, yeah. I probably wouldn't have screen printed the backs of them, but uh, <laughs> there's some other options out there. But yeah, I mean, it's what it is. I mean, you take the business when you can get it, I guess. But yeah, but yeah I mean, I certainly enjoy it. And uh, with people in like the vet. Uh, you posted something today of like a look like a veteran clothing brand that you had just done some stuff for. Yeah, Legion Defense Solutions. He uh, he does Kydex holsters, like okay. custom Kydex holsters. So you can send whatever graphic you want to. He'll put it on the Kydex and uh, whatever gun you want. He'll, yeah, uh, imprint it. It's, I've noticed yeah. uh, it's been a while since I've been holster shopping, but I know yeah. there's a lot of them out there, and I know you can get some pretty wild shit printed on some uh, some holsters. But yeah, yeah, I like the inside label of his his for his tags. He wanted uh he wanted me to put "Made in America, motherfucker" underneath it. It's nice. Not, it's on there as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I've had some people want some pretty wild shit um, printed on the inside. I've had some people want some pretty wild shit printed on t-shirts. <laughs> and I've done them. I don't post some of the stuff. There hasn't been yeah. anybody yet where I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know about that, but uh. I think somebody, I had a friend of mine wanted a t-shirt that said, uh, ask me about my cum gutters with like an arrow pointing <laughs> down. 
So I, I mean, I would, I would, I would honestly probably put anything on a t-shirt. It's like you want a dick wear on the shirt. No, yeah. I think it would look better on the back. Yeah, <laughs> dick on the back. Yeah, I, uh, I've done some stuff like that. I've done a couple where uh, the logo is just like the shocker, you know. Oh, yeah. and, um, <laughs> somebody in the Drinker Bros community wants me to make a shirt that's the the picture of Hope Solo's butthole. Um. <laughs> I was like, uh, I mean, there's screen. So I can definitely, I know people I can order. If you just want one, I can like order one for you from somewhere. But uh, that'd be I interesting. I wouldn't wear it outside of the house. But. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. I made some, uh, like, I made a handful of Pathway to Panel t-shirts. Um, nice. And the people I know, people, like the people that bought them were like, oh, I love this. I was like, but my wife won't. Like every time I try to leave the house in it, she's like, you can't wear that out. <laughs> you know? I don't know why. Oh, I mean, people actually, if you look at the shirt, the design, you really have to like stop and read it. It looks like a, like a metal band T-shirt. Uh, it's like yeah. it's, it's like the metal lettering, which typically is just hard to read, anyways. So <laughs> you kind of got to like go into that. But but yeah, man, it seems like uh, you're doing successful, which is great, and definitely like you said, be, being able to do that and stay within the like the U.S. made space is pretty impressive because like you were saying at the beginning of this like that stuff is not cheap i mean it's right it's definitely um a niche and if you find somebody that wants that like that's fantastic i would definitely advocate for it it's just man when people people probably get a lot of sticker shock when they see it but you know that's why a lot of people like um i know way back when uh like evan hafer from black rifle was talking about how they used to get a bunch of shit for not having like they're they're like insulated coffee tumblers be made in the U.S. And well, it's just yeah, like, it's, I mean it's, it's stuff like that that you really can't find. You really can't find much of it, and it, if you find it, then you're going to pay a bunch. And I don't, I don't, I've never really used one or seen one, so I don't even know if it's a good quality or not. Yeah, I mean, so the more specific you get on an item, I mean, really is realistically the more you're going to pay because. I mean, some sometimes it's hard for the companies to even sell them, so then they have to raise the prices. Oh yeah, I would assume. I would assume something like yeah. that. Like, overseas has just such the market on it that mm-hmm. there's probably no companies making them in the U.S. at scale, just because there's no point in building the infrastructure to make those things. When you know, like what Evan was saying on there, he's like, "Oh yeah, like if you want an American-sourced insulated coffee tumbler." It's going to cost you like three hundred dollars because we're going to have to have them <laughs> custom made by somebody. Like we're going to have to have like, right. you know, like molds made and have these things like forged out of you know, this stuff. He's like, unfortunately, like it's just not something we can do. So, I do think um, apparel. It seems like it's getting building a little bit more steam. The apparel stuff, um, at least from what I've seen talking to some like bigger screen printing shops, is that. Some of the imported fabric stuff, the, even from like the big companies, is uh, the quality starting to decrease a lot. So you're mm-hmm. looking at having stuff cut and sewn, you know, in the U.S. And I guess the more demand there is, you're going to have more options. Um, I know like Jocko Willink, doesn't he have like, like that, jeans yeah. or something yeah. that are like made, yeah. like even like everything, like the cotton is from the U.S. And yeah. they like they or- origin. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been wanting to buy them, but again, they are pricey, and I I am terrible like with just fucking jeans up immediately. 
<laughs> I know. It's I think it's the father thing, dude. Because I don't I don't ever wear a nice shirt. Like ninety percent of the time, you're gonna see me in a shirt that I printed, yep. um, and it's probably gonna have ink stains somewhere on it. Because yep. oh yeah, I it mean a, it was a fuck up. That's yeah, a lot of my I, I, stuff is like it's like oh man, like I fucked this one up. Yeah, but not dude, enough where I won't way. wear it. But like I can't send it to somebody like this. Yeah, I mean I printed this for a company, and the the blue into the white. Anybody that's making something, like you're going to be your biggest critic. You're going to be mm-hmm. a perfectionist about it. If you're not, then I mean, I don't know. Good luck with your business. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw that. I was like, man, like oh, I can't send this one. And plus, fucking up a hoodie is not a fun experience because hoodies oh, aren't dude. cheap. Um, especially, I, I don't even know what you're paying for hoodies. I it it frightens me. But uh, but Almost yeah, so twenty three dollars like, wholesale. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, you one fuck up on that. You're like, can this be fixed? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I guess I just get like hope. You're- yeah. So that's what that's what happened with this, and that's what most of my stuff is now. Um, you know, and then any also, I uh, like am now just like a hoarder of just old t-shirts. Like my wife will be oh, like dude. cleaning out the closet. I'll be like, no, 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 don't don't donate those. Like. I can use those. Like, I'll take those down to the shop and uh, yeah, like, test prints. Yeah, I'll tell people like, "Hey, if you got T-shirts like that don't fit anymore, like, send them my way." So, oh yeah, yeah. And if, and if I fuck any up too, any up too much, then I'll just throw them to the side. It's like I'll just test print on this. Mm-hmm. Turn them and uh, cut them up in the rags. Oh yeah. really? Oh yeah. So how do you do? You, does any of the ink actually get into the clothes in your washing machine or anything? Oh, I don't like I once they're like turned into rags. I mean, it's literally like a rag. Like I, oh, you just I wipe it, it up, and then oh, once okay. it and once it's done, it's tossed. You know, but I was about to say, how do you repurpose that? No, I don't know what would it would do, but I'm definitely not gonna <laughs> put that shit. Next thing you know, like the next load of laundry my wife does, like all my kids' clothes are just gonna be like completely fucked God. or something. You know. Yeah, but uh that shit will not come off oh no yeah and again not to get in the weeds i use plastisol ink and it spreads mm-hmm. like fucking aids but, yeah i have a pair of vans that uh i dropped one of the squeegees luckily it was a short one but i dropped it it fell straight on the uh top of my shoe so i have a, a, a permanent blue streak on there oh yeah so, yeah but anyways but yeah dude it's, it's awesome and if anybody's out there you know looking for stuff to be printed in american made like definitely you know, hit Colby up. I mean, that's that's um that's a very admirable niche to get into because, like I said, that's a it's a it's not the norm for sure. You know, so yeah, but, and it. I mean, for for customer orders, it's not too bad for me because I mean, you know, they pay for it and I pay mm-hmm. for the shirts. But printing my own shirts, that's where I figured out real quick. It's like, oh, I can only get two shirts per size because you know it's going to be oh, yeah. 700 700 for this order that i yeah. pay for these shirts so oh yeah yep. trying to build it build up a, an inventory slow i mean right behind me you can see yeah you know, mo- most of those are just blank shirts that i've kind yeah. of tried to build up over time and yeah yeah because yeah on we haven't really touched on that a whole lot but on top of you know printing for other customers like you have your own stuff right like the american-owned apparel like you right. do, you do your own designs and shirt stuff. Yeah, so I'm the only employee, so <laughs> keeps overhead um, down. It does keep overhead down, um, and I, I, I teamed up with a, a country music guy. Um, his name's Ryan Joyce, and so he plays music. You know, we put on a couple of events every year. Um, 
June 3rd, we'll be in Mooresville. Um, and then the, the week after June 10th, we'll be in Melbourne, Florida. So he does the music. I print his merch and, uh, you know, I have a table tent and all that set up. So it's actually a pretty good combination. You know, yeah. I, out of anybody I've ever worked with, I trust him a lot more. Um, but well together, we were working on some flyers and shit like that today. So we actually put the events together. So it's not even like we have a company coming in mm -hmm. and, you know, setting all the stuff up. Mm -hmm. You know, we do it from the sound stage to obviously music, the shirts, um, koozies, like banners, like all of it. So we are looking as welcome to hit me up as well, depending on if you're close by. Um, right. It would obviously be more beneficial if you could come to it, but, right. you know, it's pretty cool. You know, it gives us a lot of creative control, and um, this is the second year we're doing it at this location, so um, we can actually build on top of it year over year. Um, we had about 325 people come out. Uh, we would love to break that by you know, whatever, 200, add 200 more people on it. Um, but we actually, we, the night we did that, uh, the bar broke a record for their sales from all time. So yeah, there you go. Um, That's the accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty cool, you know? Yeah. yeah awesome. So yeah, like, um, so I, again, it's American owned apparel. Um, all after this is over, you know, I'll go in and put all like all your hash or your, ads and shit for social media on there and your website so people can go find you um one thing outside of the print nerd shit which i'm sure you know i've probably a bunch of people have turned this off by now um <laughs> which I've, I've considered starting another podcast about screen printing stuff because it, it is a really cool community of people um yeah, that would be really cool though yeah. um just specifically for clothing brands i didn't i didn't ever even didn't even think about that because yeah. i could talk i could I, I don't get to talk to people about it so yeah. oh yeah. yeah typically when you do they just glass over like huh okay yeah, yeah. It's like, oh cool like you, you don't just, just put, put you don't you just like i know people are just like wait so you don't just like put a shirt in like a printer and yeah it's like no oh, yeah, it's there just, is that let me do it i can tell you about that because they make those machines as well but yeah, it's uh, all ink, it's all inkjet. Yeah. You guys just don't know about it. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's literally like I have a, an Epson in the corner that's just like right. loaded. That's in. another thing I could fucking talk all day about is just inkjet, inkjet, uh, uh, printing ink. God damn, dude, it's so fucking expensive. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Again, screen printing problems. But anyway, keep one going. kind of funny subject that I saw online today that I thought was intriguing was, uh, I guess, the internet is all a buzz that blockbuster uh, i don't know it was because like the i looked into it blockbuster i mean anybody that's listening to this probably knows of blockbuster if you don't you're probably too young to listen to half the shit i say on this show but uh you know it's it was a place you went in and you rented movies and video games um and then you know typically forgot about the video game and ended up owing them like 30 dollars next time you went in in late charges but yeah. So they went they went bankrupt in 2010. After in 2000, Netflix approached them to buy them out, hmm. and Blockbuster said, uh, "No, like what you're doing." This is when I think they were still doing the like the mail, like they'll mail a DVD to your house, you know, and you like mail yeah. it back before they, streaming was even a thing. And Blockbuster like pretty much said that they're fucking crazy people and they'll never make it anywhere. Fast forward now, blockbusters. Well, they, they, they certainly haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they haven't. Um, but they got they went bankrupt in 2010 and got bought out by Dish Network. So maybe it's going to be a streaming thing, or like yeah, through satellite. But 
uh, I guess over the weekend, people started noticing that like blank screen, you know, mm-hmm. um, now has a parking page that says we are working on rewinding your movie. <laughs> so like people are just going nuts about it. And I don't know, like, is it going to be a brick and mortar? Like, is there a play there? Because the funny enough is like Amazon is now ma- opening up brick and mortar bookstores which Amazon was really? first created as a like a book retail website or like a renting. Like when I was in college, like you would rent books from like this crazy company, Amazon, right? Instead yeah, of buying actually, a textbook, like you can rent circle and you know, are opening what they sought out to destroy, you know? I actually got pissed off whenever Amazon stopped selling books. Because, I mean, you could get them for super cheap. Yeah, you know, if you found a book you wanted to read, you could go on there and instead of going to fucking Barnes and Noble and spending twenty five bucks on it, you could buy it for four dollars. Right. Um, and then it magically disappeared, and now you can get everything on Amazon. But yeah. um, dude, that would be super interesting. It'd be interesting if they could find a way that you could somehow like stream video games for a some sort of fee every month. Yeah. Well, there was a similar to like the Netflix disc delivery system. I think it's called like Gamefly or something where you could do that. Yeah, I, re- I remember something like that. I I never I've, I haven't really ever been into video games, but yeah, I, I sim- I but yeah, I don't that. I don't know how if they're doing a brick and mortar because they think it's going to like be a nostalgia play would be interesting. Mm. But I mean, I kind of wonder with streaming and like anything like I still buy movies, but it's like digital downloaded. You know, like how many people even own? blu-ray players now i was about to say do they even sell like dvd players anymore i don't know probably not dvd players i'm sure they do blu-ray because you yeah. i mean they still put movies out on blu-ray but i, I huh. don't know if that market is big because it used to be like everybody had like a vcr right like it's just you had one and you go to fucking blockbuster and get a movie for the weekend but so uh, another another move they could make is if they started opening up movie theaters that would be pretty interesting could be like small, like small movie theaters or something. It'd be weird, yeah. you know. But yeah, I just saw that and thought that was pretty interesting, because yeah, I've definitely spent a lot of time in blockbusters in my youth and uh, definitely racked up a lot of overage charges on shit, you know. So <laughs> the only way that they're gonna survive is to uh, find out who owed whenever they yeah. went bankrupt and just back the back, yeah. back payment negative balance is going to be <laughs> yeah somebody at dish some some like nerd at dish network that handles like the blockbuster account that doesn't exist like got bored one day and found like some legal loophole it was like oh we actually could still find all these people that owe us money and they legally have to pay us for it over, <laughs> over worth, 60 billion dollar yeah, evaluation <laughs> yeah like blockbuster just became a fortune 100 company overnight now yeah <laughs> It's not, yeah, it's not even a it's not even a video game company anymore. It just turns into a deck collection agency. Right. They opened up for a month and all of them fucking retired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Again, it's like, oh, Blockbuster's back, but no movies. Uh, you're, we're a deck collection agency and you owe us this and we'll yeah. settle, you know? <laughs> it's like the, the extended warranty calls. Yeah. But cool, dude. This is an awesome conversation. Um, you know, we definitely got in the weeds on print, screen printing shit, but. It's cool, and for people out there, like, definitely go, you know, to YouTube and look up screen printing. It's a pretty cool process if you've never seen it. Um, it, it, it will definitely get you into, um, it will get you some information on 
how your shirts get printed and why it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, and um, why it costs the way. Like you want something with like 10 colors on it. You know, there's a reason why it costs as much as it does, you know. And uh, But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a pretty cool process. I mean, it's, I don't know if, like, if you've ever looked into the history of it, but like it's a hundreds and hundreds of year old process, but which is why a lot of people call it, still call it silk screening. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, dude, again, like, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, let people know where they can find you. Uh, American Owned Apparel on Instagram, Facebook. Reach out to you for any of those platforms? Yeah, Instagram or Facebook. Um, probably prefer Instagram. Um, yeah. But I, I have a form on the website you can also fill out um, for what you want. Uh, yeah. when you, when you need it, what color, all that, all that stuff. So cool. Well, awesome. I'll, man. I'll also shout out yours too, minor league studios. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure everybody already follows you, but you know, nah, I, you I'm, got not, more... I'm not going to let you shout me out. Without no, you got more followers than I do, dude. I was checking that. I was, you know, looking through all your stuff today. So I have a little bit over 30,000 on TikTok though, but I was a cop. So I kept getting those extended warranty calls, just like I said. Oh yeah. So I was working. At, I, okay, I, I was I was off duty like all all the TikTok cops are. They, uh-huh. they never fucking work. Um, but so I kept getting the extended warranty calls, and I would fuck with them. Um, oh, so yeah. I I answered one of the calls and filmed it, and uh, I gave them all the information for my patrol car to see how far I could get into the uh, into uh, the call, and I put it on TikTok. So I ended up, it ended up getting like two point eight million views, you know, three hundred thousand likes or something like that. And I ended up getting like thirty thousand followers from it. <laughs> soon soon after I deleted it because I was like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna get in trouble from the department. So yeah. I, I just kept the account, kept all the followers, and I put my business name on it. And, yeah. Well, you know, hey, it, do what you gotta do. I yeah. actually a year and a half later I actually got a call and they were like, Hey, we're calling because of your two thousand sixteen explorer. And I was like, you guys know I was fucking with you, right? <laughs> yeah, do you guys run the VIN number on that? Can like see yeah. who it's like insured by? Because like old man, like I haven't figured it out. Like I'll post things on Instagram and they do pretty well. I post them on TikTok, like nothing, and then like vice versa. Don't I think get it's it. about timing, timing, time of the day. Um, I've heard a lot of people say like six a.m., five, six a.m. Sometimes the best time to do it. I don't, I don't have a clue. I don't know. It's probably going away soon anyway, so I don't really worry about it. Yeah, exactly. As long as I can log on there and find, like, I typically all my stuff is, like, just irreverent funny things, which I'm into, and then just, like, hot chicks and bikinis, which I am also very much into. So. I w- I'm more so on the side of the uh, conspiracy TikTok, but oh, there's yeah. so many so many algorithms you can fall into, man. It's it's kind of funny. But you'll hear the same music, but the theme of the video oh, is yeah. so different. So oh, you'll, yeah, be across, you'll, you'll be across the room and get that look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be uh, sometimes like somebody will like send me a TikTok and it'll be like some super like serious thing, you know, and I'll be like, man, our algorithms are way different. <laughs> like oh, yeah. This is what I yeah. get. And it's like literally like some chick doing like, woodwork in a thong bikini or something <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen that but yeah my algorithm must be way different <laughs> yeah well if you like conspiracy stuff go check out our dude uh sean over at con men podcast he's a uh, okay he did have you listened to him at all uh-uh con men send me that information yeah so sean I, he I, uh he's been I on the show a couple times it. but uh, yeah he okay. used to work for drinking bros he was an editor over there and then uh, okay. he started the con men podcast and uh he does pretty well. It's pretty pretty good. He's uh, you know, good enough to where he gets like, you know, talking tos from YouTube all the time about the shit he's talking about. So it's gotta nice. be pretty interesting. Um 
I'm working on a uh, an episode for him for next time I'm in Austin. That's uh, the government conspiracy to make people think that Iowa is real. <laughs> so <laughs> fictional, obviously, but it should be a fun time. That's but yeah, funny, so again, go check you out. Uh, definitely, you know, American Owned Apparel. Uh, you know, I mean, the easiest thing to do that actually really helps small businesses out is just go on social media and follow, you know, that's a huge, like people, some people don't understand that. Like, especially Instagram, it seems like for e-commerce is probably the biggest platform. I think, um, just yeah, having followers really helps in a lot of these spaces, like in apparel and things like that, it kind of gives legitimacy when people go look for you if they want to go do business with you you know because if if you've only got you know a handful of people following your stuff it it doesn't quite give as much people as much confidence as having you know a couple hundred a couple thousand whatever so definitely go uh go like his his stuff on instagram and uh yeah again thanks for coming on dude it's been fun chatting i'll let you know if i start a screen printing podcast and uh and yeah so Again, thanks for joining us, and uh, good night.